the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host for the day, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. One of the first places I look when I check the markets in the morning is briefing.com and the page one report. So joining me right now is Chief Market Strategist, Patrick O'Hare. Patrick, how are you? Hi, Chad. Doing fine. Thank you. Good, good. I love that page one report because it gives me just a, a quick rundown on, on all the news that hits. You know, being on the West Coast, we can wake up a little or, or a little later than you guys, right? <laughs> right. Well, thank let you. you let you guys do all the work at a decent hour. We can wake right. up, check everything at about 5.30 or 6 and, and be up to date. So thanks for doing all that at briefing.com. Let's talk about retail sales. Give me your thoughts. Uh, give me the rundown on, on what happened in retail sales today. Sure. Well, the uh, the headline uh, numbers certainly were, were better than expected. Um, you know, with uh, total sales, we're up to two-tenths of one percent. Our consensus forecast called for unchanged, and excluding autos, they were up 0.7 percent, and our consensus forecast called for uh, up 0.4 percent. So so that that was a good thing. You know, it was nice to see the headline surprise. However, uh, it was diluted somewhat by the fact that you saw a downward revision to uh, to the November results. So you were essentially growing off of you know, basically a lower base. So the the strength was perhaps not as robust as it appeared at first blush. But the thing that we uh, tend to concentrate on, though, when it comes to these retail sales reports are what are called core retail sales. And core retail sales exclude autos, gasoline station, and building material sales. And when we look at that metric, that was up a robust 0.7%. And the encouraging thing there is that that's a number that's correlates more closely with the consumption trends you're going to see in the fourth quarter GDP report. So from that standpoint, uh, we can say that the December retail sales report was a good one in relation to uh, expectations for fourth quarter GDP. So fourth quarter GDP likely to be coming in pretty strong for the overall year. What, what do you expect the final number to be for 2013? What, give, give us the idea of... Uh, what sure. growth looked like. I mean, we had a big number last quarter, but what, what about right. for the full year? Yeah, well, for the full year, it's not likely to be, uh, you know, gangbusters by any means. I mean, the long-term trend is a little bit uh, above 3% and probably going to be more in the area of, uh, you know, closer to maybe 2.5% um, in mm-hmm. 2013. Uh, our forecast, our economist, uh, Jeff Rosen, uh, who I know speaks with uh, Rob regularly as well, um, is calling for a similar growth rate in 2014, notwithstanding some of the bubbling of enthusiasm surrounding the improving growth prospects uh, as they have related to incoming data of late. Um, part of that forecast is predicated really on the idea that we kind of have seen this pattern repeat itself 
uh, several years now where you get these the, the boost in these economic growth expectations picking up at the end of a year uh, only to be dashed uh, as the new year unfolds and then you see economists start marking down their forecasts. So I think he, you know, he's more in sense of a, a wait and see mode. Uh, the proof will be in the pudding and uh, he's not ready to eat that pudding yet. So we're just uh, looking for a, a still a somewhat below trend growth rate in 2014. So let's talk about that, that below trend, because what we're seeing is companies adding to the bottom line by cutting costs, by buying back their own shares. We saw results from Wells and J.P. Morgan, and banks are supposed to lead the way in earnings growth, but that's bottom line. So where are we supposed to look for top line or revenue growth in 2014? Right. Well, good question, and and probably you know may not surprise you, Chad. I think doing it as long as you've done it is that you know. Analysts are generally expecting good things as they relate to both revenue and earnings growth uh, through 2014. And, of course, you see a lot of uh, what is known as hockey stick forecasting, where the early part of the year is not exactly looking for a strong growth. But as you get into those out quarters, the back half of the year, all of a sudden you see these tremendous double-digit growth expectations. But all in all, um, you know, the S&P 500 expected to see revenue growth of about 4% in 2014, and that's like, uh, expected to be led by the healthcare, consumer discretionary, and information technology sectors, all of which are anticipated to report revenue growth on the order of about 5 to 6%. But uh, noticeably, uh, none of the consensus forecasts call for an actual earnings decline in any of the 10 economic sectors in 2014, but you do have energy bringing up the rear with a, a scant 0.3% percent uh, projected growth rate uh, for this year. Yeah, now, is that with the idea that a deal, some sort of a comprehensive deal with Iran will, will continue to put pressure down on oil prices? I think that that does probably relate to it, um, you know, in addition to the, uh, as well as the influx of new supply from the, you know, from shale gas as well, and uh, the expectation that there's going to just continue to be, uh, not only the with the deal with Iran, but you have more oil perhaps coming online from Iraq and Libya as well, uh, so you are couching this against this expectation that uh, supplies will probably continue to run ahead of demand and thereby, you know, lowering prices uh, for oil, which which would in turn, you know, weigh on that, uh, the top line there for those energy companies, the major uh, oil companies. So no decline at all in, in, in revenue, essentially, for really any of the sectors in the S&P 500, except for possibly energy. What about housing? I mean, now we're starting to see, okay, people realize that it's an investor-led housing recovery, right? I mean, anybody that's tried to sell a home in the Bay Area has got multiple offers from, you know, investment bankers, right. for example. And we're seeing household formations decline, probably because youth unemployment is up. What about housing? And then also, at the same time, we saw vehicle sales down, or motor vehicle sales down 1.8%. So how is, what, what type of shape is the, the retail the, the the consumer in right now. Sure, sure. Well, the interesting thing about the, the retail sales report, which we could have added earlier, I should have added earlier, is that, you know, it was a little bit surprising relative to what we heard in the December employment report, uh, where aggregate wages actually were down slightly. And so uh, there was a presumption that you might see a, a disappointing retail sales report, perhaps retail sales turn negative, but the fact that they were 
still positive, what that suggests to us is that consumers are likely either tapping into their savings uh, to continue their spending ways or, in fact, are just buying on credit. Um, now, probably can look at that in one of two ways. You could say that, uh, well, that means they're just going to be pressed even further as 2014 goes along, uh, or you could say that it reflects a measure of confidence in the outlook in that they're willing to dip into their savings or buy on credit because perhaps they think that their job secure, uh, their jobs are more secure or that their uh, job-finding abilities are greater than, you know, they are currently. So that will all flush itself out, obviously, in due time. But as it relates to the state of the consumer right now, um, you'd have to say that the consumers in okay shape. Uh, we certainly have seen debt levels get paired considerably here since the uh, Great Recession uh, started, and you are seeing job growth pick up, um, and uh, and clearly you've seen, you know, notwithstanding the decline in auto sales in December, uh, some some pretty good spending on durables, uh, autos, and uh, and the and home appliances, and you know, and the like, and uh, and we've seen housing spending pick up, obviously. So, consumer could be in better shape and will be in better shape as the labor market continues to improve, but doing just well enough here to kind of underpin an economy that still lacks a great big push from business investment, uh, i.e. capital expenditures to build factories, uh, to reinvest in equipment, as well as to, you know, continue to expand those workforces. And we're not getting that push yet, but if you do see a ramp up in business investment, you could see growth uh, indeed surprise on the upside in 2014. Well, the cash has got to go somewhere, right? I mean, it's either going to go into investment or it's going to go into acquisitions. Today, Google acquiring Nest Labs for $3.2 billion in cash. We're starting to see M&A pick up a little bit. Is that anything that you look at as a strategist at briefing.com? Well, you know, I think so, and, uh, you know, it's a good point you make. I mean, there's so much cash that's there, and if you have these companies, say, for instance, if the argument is that they're not investing because they aren't trusting that demand is going to pick up considerably to justify the investment, then perhaps what they do is they go out and purchase market share, right? So they look for, uh, you know, some competition to take out, uh, you know, at a reasonable price, so to speak. But, you know, one of the problems there is you've seen, certainly within the publicly traded realm, stock prices run up so considerably that uh, the premium a lot of companies are are demanding for a takeout, uh, you know, perhaps puts a lid on some of the uh, M&A expansion potential, but uh, for some of the smaller privately held companies, you know, you're seeing that uh, those cash deals get done, and uh, and you'll probably continue to see that and, and things pick up on the M&A front in 2014 because there is so much cash at their disposal, and, and in turn, you'll probably see companies uh, use that cash also to continue to buy back their stock and help uh, push up their, uh, their EPS growth uh, as well. So another year of pretty much bottom line revenue growth could be achieved through cutting costs, through buybacks, possibly through acquisitions. Over that, that takes a while. Who's going to be the benefactor of this? Big big banks like a, the the Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan's that like kind of facilitate those M and A, um, or is it really just a kind of a small and mid cap play? Those are the companies that are going to be taken out. 
Yeah, um, you know, it won't hurt the big banks, you know, obviously, if to see, you know, pick up in the, that M&A realm, um, that's, you know, their bread and butter in the investment banking side of things. And so, so that could be a positive there as it relates to some earnings prospects as the year unfolds. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the small, the mid-cap realms are obviously the target-rich environments. And, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously difficult to pinpoint any one company at any given time as, the, as a likely, you know, takeover play. But, um, but and, and keep in mind too, they also have had some really big runs in terms of their stock prices, and so right. uh, you know companies have to be conscientious about you know the return on their investment, and and will probably be pretty deliberate in their efforts in terms of assessing whether a, you know a buyout is going to you know do them well in the long term there. But yeah, sure. but yeah, again, they're all they're all wishing they would have bought the stocks last year when they were they didn't have the thirty percent plus run. Exactly. All right, we've been speaking with Patrick O'Hare, chief market strategist at Briefing.com. Check out the website love at briefing.com we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back if you want to get your calls in the air 800-516-1220 three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.